Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. October is Cybersecurity Month, and Jeff Green and Lauren Smith are here to talk about your cybersecurity mindset. That's pretty deep, guys. Tell me what you mean. Well, I mean, it's a mindset, right? I mean, you know, cybersecurity is that thing that we always hear about, but we really don't do a whole lot about it, right? And, you know, part of what's crazy is just our lives have become so much more involved on the internet and just in all, I mean, banking, financial, just everything you do is on the internet, has some component of the internet these days. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't think your information is out there, you're being naive. It's out there. And I, I'm just going to go ahead. I mean, what, how, many, how often is, or, or is somebody a victim of cybersecurity? So I think this number, it, it's scary. Every two seconds, someone becomes a victor, victim of identity theft. So last year, there were over 14 million victims of um, identity theft, which is, I mean, I don't want my identity stolen. Yeah. And I mean, not only that, all of these companies that you have your information with, they're victims, right? So the, all these data breaches, and just to give you an example, Marriott Hotel, 500 million in a data breach, 500 million people. Uh, you had 143 million from Equifax, for goodness sake. I mean, Equifax, who is a- That's per, like, I know their guardian. job is to like protect exactly. your information. But uh, those really don't compare to uh, Yahoo. Yahoo, uh, I think, holds a record here. Yeah. Three billion. And a security breach. With a B? A data, with a B. Wow. With a, that's a data breach. So listen, your info's out there. It's it's there. And you got to do, you got to take steps to proactively protect yourself. And I mean, it's likely with those numbers that your identity has already been compromised in some way, shape or form. Now, you, you might not be at risk of anything, but with all of the breaches that are out there, there is a chance that yours has been exposed somewhere. Absolutely. And if it hasn't been exposed yet, it probably will be soon, right? So let's so let's face it. Our, our info's out there, and all we can do. We, I mean, we have to in this day and age now. You all come from a, a time where you didn't have to do all this stuff, but now we do. And this is this is just the day and age that we lived in. We're all of it. We're online. We bank online. We you know fill out credit applications online. We do every, all these things online. So what so what, what we're going to talk about today is just some simple ways to protect yourself. And I say simple. These might be some things that you haven't thought of uh, out there. These are things that we haven't. I know every every October we do a cybersecurity, you know, it's cybersecurity uh, awareness month, right? And every October we do this podcast, and we've got some new things to talk about we this do. year. And so, Lauren, I'll let you kick it off. Give, give us a good tip out there for protecting ourselves in the online virtual world. Well, one thing I want to say also before we jump into that. We have a quiz that you can take. So if, if uh, cybersecurity is a concern of yours, we have it just a little one pager and it just asks you some questions of, do you do this? Have you done that? And you can walk, you can, it's some things you haven't thought about um, is along the lines of, you know, if you, what Wi-Fi you use, do you use public or private? Do you, and it, it helps you come up with a score. What, so, you what know, what's your score? I refuse to, I'm, I'm not as, I'm, I'm learning you're for not myself. Gonna, you're not going to tell us what your score is? It's not as high as it should be, but after after this webinar, I mean, after this podcast, it'll be a lot higher because I've reminded myself <laughs> okay. of a lot of tips and Very tricks good. that I need to be doing as well. But um, just this quiz is out there. If you guys are interested, shoot us an email. We're happy to send it to you. It's just something that 
it helps you see where you are right now. And you might think you're doing everything right. And this might bring something to your attention of, oh, I should be doing this differently. Just a little you know, handy thing to look at and see where you are now. And then hopefully after today, you'll have some you know, tips and tricks to help you improve your score. There we go. So you want me to start off with one? No, I'll start off with the first one. Okay. So one thing I like to do, and I actually do do this, is create a secret email address for your financial accounts. So only use this one email address for your most sensitive accounts. So you're keeping everything in this one spot where you know that this email address is associated with sensitive information. You're not going to get shopping deals. You're not going to get anything from the vet's office. It's just personal sensitive information. And you know when you make this email address, we would recommend making it with no personal information, no first name, no last name, nothing else that identifies who you are. And make sure you use a very, very strong and unique password for this account, especially just because this is associated with financials, banking, really the one of the top things you do not want anybody getting a hold of. Yeah. You know, it's been said that if, if you own a person's email, you own the person because if they have your email address, right? You're, and we all have that primary email address that we use and it's just easy. It's the email address that we you know, associate everything with is our username, right? <clears throat> and so that becomes a real issue because if they get access to your email address, it's very simple now for them to go in and just start resetting your passwords because they already have access to this, your email. They're going to they're get your email and they're going to reset your passwords and then get in all your accounts. So if you have this secret email address, like you're talking about, they can't do that. Yeah. So I think that's a great tip. And you know, no one wants to manage more than one email address. <clears throat> But no one also wants to manage having to go through what would happen if your identity is hacked, your bank account's hacked. You know, I had I actually had a bank account. It was an account I had since high school. So I mean, I've had it for many, many years, and just that's all, a lot of years for you. It is a lot of years for yeah. me. And just looked in it one day, and seven hundred and fifty dollars were gone, sent off to some. Um, I think it was AT and T or some. Or it was some service that is very common, but something that I don't have. And so I knew that that account was compromised. So then you have to go through the whole process of getting a new account, setting up new auto pay and all that. So I don't know where the hack happened, but it's, it was that little hack that made me step up my cybersecurity game. Right. So, you know, again, have that one private email address that, that is just for your, you know, sensitive financial accounts, right? So whatever that is, make it a strong one. And then only use it for just that, your bank, you know, whatever. So, all right. So the next one, what's after that? The password. Passwords. Yeah. So there's, there's this password paradox and I am the guiltiest person of this. I probably shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, I but I've corrected it. I have corrected it. Right. So the password paradox. I mean, you can tell everyone what your old passwords were since you don't use I know, them anymore. I don't use them anymore. Because I use the same one over and over and over again, like for everything. I mean, if you want to, if you want to hack into my life, it was at one time anyway, it was very easy. It was like a single six digit password. <laughs> Everybody knew it. It was just not, not ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal. Um, so, but I suffered from the, the, this, this password paradox and that's you know, easy to remember, easy to remember passwords. And so here's, here's this really cool way of, of look, I'm gonna give you two ways. I'm just going to give you this one example that I just saw. And it's, so it's like Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water, right? We all know that, that nursery rhyme. But so how does that translate into a password? I'm going to read this. This will sound really weird, but Jack and Jill went up to fetch a pail of water. 
this is how it, I mean, I, I want to be able to say it, but it's like capital J, the and sign, another capital J. So for Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. W for wet. For, for water. No, they went, oh, went. the hill. Jack and Jill and, went. But then that's your lowercase. That's it's, a lowercase. So now you've got some uppercase and lowercase. You've already got a symbol. Right. And what do you call that thing that, that's that little arrow thing? It's like a little, I don't even know what you call it. Little <laughs> up arrow. The up arrow that's at the top of the letter. Yeah, I don't know what that's I don't called. Even know, I don't even know. Well, it's I don't even know what it's really, called, which is good. So hacker can't it's, get it's it. it's pointing up, right? So is that is that like going up the hill? Yes, that's up the hill. Up the hill. And then they have THF. We've anyway, too much detail anyway so the my point, point is, is this. Yeah. The point is you can use a phrase or something that you'll remember. So maybe there's a saying. I've um, Someone in my office, our office used to use a Bible verse, just their favorite Bible verse. And you know, what I think is great about that is every day when you're typing in these passwords, you're getting to remember something that's important to you, a Bible verse, a saying, uh, you know, anything special to you, yeah. but abbreviate it and use uppercase, lowercase, use um, symbols, and you can kind of do it in a creative way. And that way, it's something that you'll remember, but it's also, it's secure because you've added so many different factors to it. Yeah, I've even heard of people like they, they you know, you have to reset your password every so often, like every month or sometimes on, on some things. And they do it like they set a goal, right? So they, they'll, they'll, they'll make it fun for themselves. So let's say they want to quit smoking, right? So if somebody wants to quit smoking, you could have, you could have your password as quit smoking number four ever, right? And capital Q. So you come up with creative things and you're typing this every day, right? So it's reminding you of your goal. And it will actually, it can help you achieve your goal because you are reminding yourself literally every day because you're having to type this password every day. So you change it, you change your goals, you change your password, get, get something creative with it, make a game of it. I think that's great. And I mean, there, it really is important to have a strong password because it only takes a computer 17 minutes to crack 1,000 weak passwords. So 17 minutes and they can crack 1,000 weak passwords. I mean, that's... That's crazy. That's insane. That is insane. So I have even stepped up. I use the same password for everything. And it's, you know, it became a time where you got, you got to do, unfortunately, right. you got to do it. And you have, you know, we also, I remember last time we talked about the password protection, you know, you know, we store our passwords in a little password protected app. You've got LastPass and, you yeah. know, that way it's in there, it's encrypted. They'll load it to the website for you. The web, the password's never actually typed out. You can actually share your passwords with people in a way where they never actually see the exact password. It can get pretty, it's pretty great and it's encrypted and it's got, you know, a lot of security behind it. So that's also something to look into if you want it just stored, but in a safe way. Right. But the key here really is to be changing your password on a regular basis and then keep it fun, keep it like goal oriented and, you know, come up with something, you know, if you got to ex-wife that you don't like too much or an ex-spouse you go forgive whoever you're right? writing so every day you're typing to forgive at whoever this person is that you you know whatever or do good for the day you know there's always there's little things that we can do in our passwords that help us to, to you know improve ourselves along the way yeah and if and if the word day is in your password do debt d then the at sign is your a and then y so now you've incorporated a symbol into the word. And cool. then one other thing that I think is kind of cool, there's something called the diceware method. Have you heard of this? I have not. So this is a neat little thing. So you roll a dice five times and record the number that you get each time. So then you repeat that process for, you know, 
five times, you get five separate numbers. Then you go to www.diceware.com and you match the unique five digits that you've rolled to a list of 7,776 different words. Those random five words become your password. Hmm. So it's just, I mean, if you just don't want to even have to think about it, you can literally roll the <laughs> dice and That's the password cool. can be given to you. I'll try that one. Diceware.com. Diceware.com. So right. kind of something different. I'm going to check that out. So also along the password lines is the new two-step verification. So I uh, see that popping up. More and more. More and more. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go ahead. And unfortunately, I find it to be extremely annoying. Very annoying. But... I, every time I get it, I remind myself this is for my protection. And so one spot I've seen it pop up a lot more is Amazon, which I shop at probably every day. And that's why it annoys me so much. But yeah, yeah, you part know. of what's scary with Amazon is it just shows up on your credit card as Amazon. So if you're someone that shops at Amazon frequently, you're going to see a lot of charges and you'll probably assume, oh, yeah, I bought five things this month with Amazon. But that's easy for someone to slide in because you're it's probably rare that you're saying, oh, on Tuesday the 1st, I bought a $14.99 book. Oh, here's that on the credit card statement. You're going to have to reconcile your Amazon account to your credit card statement to make sure no one's sneaking in some fraudulent charges. So you know, now this two-step authentication is an extra layer of protection yeah. for your... You know, I put that on my... So, I have, so my, my, my alarm at my house, right? Uh, has I do everything online on, on an app. And now I had resisted the two-step verification, um, you know, just because it is annoying. But now we're talking about my, my household protection, you know, my family, my boy, you know, the, you know, things that to me is paramount, needs to be protected. And so I, I now do that two-step verification really on, on everything that offers it, but certainly uh, my home alarm on the app. And to make it a little less annoying, a lot of um, sites where you can do two-step, they offer you the remember this device button. So if it's your personal computer, it's somewhere that you really feel safe, you can say, remember this device. And then they only ask you every 15 to 30 days to do that second level of yeah. security. So, so, it can, so you can you can have this and maybe not be quite as annoying. Yeah, it's right? not going to happen maybe every time, right. but at least it's kind of keeping you on your toes, keeping you protected. Yeah, the point is do it, right? That, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, just do it. I think cybersecurity is one of those things that everyone thinks that they're not going to get hit, not going to have anything bad happen, but it just, you just got to bite the bullet. You got to make a secure password. You got to up your email address. You got to, you just got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. So, so the next thing really, and I think this one's kind of, I don't know. I think it's kind of self-explanatory, but you know, using public Wi-Fi, you're, you're at a lot of risk when you do that. And it reminds me, you know, uh, going to the airport tomorrow, leave, leave for California tomorrow. I'll be at the airport and I may be in a public place where I need Wi-Fi and the airport Wi-Fi, which is really awful, <laughs> but sometimes it's the only Wi-Fi you get when you got to do some things, but you're opening yourself up to a lot of risk when you do that. They can get access to, and I, I, people just go to the airport for this very reason. They're not going anywhere. They're coming, in, they're coming to look for your information. They will go sit in terminals. They will go sit around, and then they will they will try to find your information. They'll look and see who's on a pub, on the public Wi-Fi, and then what are they getting access to? Your email address is exactly what they're getting. And then once they got your email address, like we said earlier, they own you. They own you. I um, I actually had this happen to me, like probably like six or seven years ago. 
with Bloomingdale's, I was on, I was at an, on an airplane playing on my phone and I logged into my Bloomingdale's account on the public Wi-Fi, bought a couple of things that I bought a couple of clothes. I was bored. I was at the airport. Now I see and, why you failed this stuff. <laughs> I know I did. Fail. Okay. I did fail, but I'm <laughs> stepping my game up. But so I bought a few things on in the airport on my phone and I guess they were able to store my credit card was stored in the Bloomingdale's account. So all you had to know was my very easy, not a, not complex password, and then you're in. And so a couple of weeks later, I saw two charges for over $2,000 on my Bloomingdale's account, which I wouldn't have caught because I don't check that as regularly as I check my credit card and um, was luckily able to pinpoint, oh, I think it happened here, Got got it before they shipped the items. So no harm, no foul. But Big lesson learned for me. Yeah. Public Wi-Fi is not a good thing. And, and you know, most of us have an iPhone. I don't know. Do the Androids have hotspots? I'm sure, sure they, they do. do. Sure they do. Uh, I don't know. I just have an iPhone, and I know that the iPhones have a have a personal hotspot, and you can go in there and you can you can get access online via your personal hotspot on your iPhone. It'll give you the it'll give you its you know ten digit crazy password that you got to type in to get access to it. Only you have that. It's on your phone. So that is secure. It's 100% secure. So if you need to go online on a public place, use your own Wi-Fi as a hotspot. In another way, if you want to get a VPN, which is a virtual private network, that's something that you can have on your phone. And that way you can... You got one of those, didn't you? I did get one. Yeah. Um, and you can that way route yourself through your virtual private network that no one else can hack into. And I just think it's a good way if you're going to shop, if you're going, if you have to transact, you know, certain transact, if you have to do certain things right. in a non-secure setting, those are some ways that you can protect yourself. Right. So we'll go, I'm going to go this one real quick, just because it's, you know, it's so complicated. <laughs> the only thing I can recommend doing is get hire somebody to come do this for you. Uh, but it's, it's securing your home Wi-Fi network, right? This gets real technical. I'm not going to get into the technicalities of it, but trust me, when you, when you set up your Wi-Fi network at your house, my guess is you probably had somebody do that for you, right? Because there's not many of us. I mean, I don't know. I just think like me, I, I'm a more. I mean, you're definitely so not tech savvy. I'm not tech savvy. And I, I could not, you know, I can barely get online, much less set up my online network at my house. So I had somebody come do it. But when I had to come do it, I made sure that everything was very secure. And it, it's, you know, you got to make sure you're not using the default username and password that comes with your router, right? That seems self explanatory. But you better make sure that the guys that are installing it know that. And they should be asking you, what do you want your password to be? And then, you know, then they can enter that password for you. Make sure your router is encrypted. Okay. There's a couple of different ways to do this. You want to make sure you have the strongest encrypting method that that router offers um, because there's options typically on routers, right? So make sure that your people know, or if you're setting up your own, use the strongest one there. And then there's this thing, you know, disable Wi-Fi protected setup. Now this just, you know, if you have that, it allows others to get onto your Wi-Fi network using kind of an abbreviated version of your passcode. You don't want that to happen. So you want to make sure you're disabling that. So that's all I'm going to say about setting up your Wi-Fi at the house, have somebody come do it for you, and then make sure that they're doing it the right way. And I think, you know, the importance of that is that when you're at home, that's when I'm sure you're doing all your banking, all your personal stuff. You know, that's, that's, that's the most secure Wi-Fi you're going to want to have. So make sure it's set up right and make sure you're changing your password often. And, you know, that's a place that it's an easy fix to at least keep you safe, as safe as possible when you're in your own, in your own home. Exactly. So the next little tip is something that 
I think I might've said this last year when we talked about this. My mom, I think was a pioneer of this method of protection. She gets email and text alerts anytime there's a credit card charge, Uh. which my dad and I find highly annoying, but (laughs) I think it's great. And you can set on this, so you can set a limit. So you can say, you know what? I want to be notified anytime something over $200 goes on my credit card. And you will get the second that card is swiped, you will get a text message that says, hey, $200 spent at XYZ store. And then you can say, oh, whoa, that was me or no, that wasn't. What I find annoying that my mom does is she gets it at a 50 cent increment. So anytime there's anything on the credit card, she gets a notification. So, I mean, we'll go out to dinner, me and my parents, my parents and I, hold on. Yes, good. Is that Your right? Is that right? Me, me, me and the folks. I'm, I'm so fixated on um, cybersecurity. My grammar's getting messed up. But so we don't blame out- your grammar on cybersecurity. <laughs> so we'll go out to I dinner. I won't blame it on that Georgia education of yours. Oh, hush. So we'll go out to dinner. And the second the waiter takes the credit card back, my mom will get a text and we'll know, oh, I guess they ran it and they're bringing it back. So it's a great way to just be very tuned into what's happening in your cards especially if you have other family members that might be using them, people that are on the card that maybe you don't want, you, be, you might want to monitor their spending. Yeah. You know, I used to be on that card years ago and I would get tech. My dad and I, who are the shoppers in the family would get text from my mom and say, Hey, just got a $25 charge to Best Buy. Who was it? And you know, you can't, <laughs> there's no sliding things through, but you know, it's a good way to keep track of what's getting spent on your card. Yeah. I, you know, I do the same thing on my credit card. I have a certain dollar amount that if it goes over that, that I get notified. Um, and then certainly any, any convenience stores and gas station charges. Cause that's where a lot of the, if, if you're, if your credit card stolen, that's where a lot of charges, you know, come up quickly. So I get notified there and then, you know, traveling to California tomorrow. And so I'll have to notify the credit card companies that um, I'll be getting charged in California. Cause there's a bunch of charges coming from out of state. That's I get notified of that as well. And sometimes credit card companies will shut that down. So that's, you know, that's a pretty good list. Lauren, anything else you want to add to that list? Or so one other thing, this one kind of bugs me too, and I'm bad at doing it, but it is important. So I want to remind everybody how, how important it is. You always need to update your computer software. So there's sometimes oh, yeah. where you sign on in the morning and it says, you know, update your software. Update and I say, yeah. you know, I don't have time to do that. I'm trying to start my day, I gotta check my emails. But 40% of computer users don't update their software in a timely manner. And security experts say that 75 to 80% of computer hackers, um, they find it through, they can hack through outdated software. So, you know, simple fix, spend the 15, five to 15 minutes of just letting your software update. It could save you months of headache. Yeah. It's yeah. annoying, but it's there for a reason. And, you know, you yeah. just got to do it. And then one other thing, which I kind of think is interesting, I subscribe to this thing. It's called Need to Know. And every day they send you 10 just top news articles for the day. It just kind of gives you what, what, you, need what to you need to know for the day. And if you want to dive deeper, you can. But if not, you've just got a quick summary of what's going on. And so I want to read one from today, which I thought was very timely. So password, a, future, a passwordless future. You can be rid of at least one of the passwords bouncing around in your brain. Microsoft is rolling out password-free authentication for all users after testing the feature for corporate accounts. That means that all 1 billion Microsoft account holders can turn off their password and replace it with a different form of authentication. 
so long as they have the Microsoft Authenticator app installed on their phone. Google and Apple were also working on ways to replace the dreaded password. So, so like a face ID kind of thing? or Well, I don't know. I have the Google Authenticator on my phone and I have to use it for a different website, a banking website I get into. And it's you have to go through some processes to get it stored on your phone. Then once you're in there, you have to enter a passcode before it gives you the passcode that's generated. A new one's generated every 60 seconds. It's kind of like what we use to log on to the computer for work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's just going to be something like that where you've got a certain thing, new codes are generated, you do that. I'm not really sure what it looks like. Well, this conversation next year could be very different. I know. You know? Like uh, if it's like facial recognition instead of passwords. It could like, be. And hey. if it's tied to your cell phone, then maybe you ha- it has to recognize your face. And right. It gives you a password that changes every you know 60 seconds and you got to type it in. And then you know you log back in later, you use a different password. So something, it's interesting. and you know, But the hackers will figure out new ways to hack into that too. And we'll, we'll, we'll tell you how to protect it when that's not Exactly. Well. So uh, I think that's it. That's a good list, Warren. Yeah. Um, and just the point is you need to pay attention to your cybersecurity. If you are interested in taking the little quiz, we're happy to send that to you. Just so like a little one pager that you can go answer yes or no questions and just see where you score just in the way you're living now. And you know what? Maybe you get a good and you're fine with it, or maybe good, and you want to have an excellent. We can it can help you figure out where you need to step up your cybersecurity game. Sounds good, Patrice. Hey, Laura, Jeff. Yeah, where can uh, where can they contact you to get that that list that quiz? So if you want, if you you're interested in that quiz, you can shoot us an email. Um, you can go to our website at www.greenfinancialgrp.com. And our email address is either Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, or Jeff, J-E-F-F, at greenfinancialgrp.com. And that's green like the color. You just, you just threw our email address out there to everybody in the world. Yeah. Shoot us an email. Would, <laughs> I didn't give them my password. In this case, it's necessary. All right. <laughs> so a quick recap here. Create a secret email. Make passwords fun. Don't hate two-step verification. Be wary of public Wi-Fi. Secure your home Wi-Fi. Email and text alerts on credit card charges. Update your software. And who knows? Maybe next year it'll be a password-free future, right? Patrice, that was That's great. A great we, summary. We could have, uh, we could have shortened this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone that listened the whole time. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's, it's my job. <laughs> right. These are just a few cybersecurity tips from Jeff and Lauren. And, you know, follow their podcast, The Green Zone, for all the latest shows. Share with friends and family. Have a lot of fun with this and learn at the same time. Thank you for listening to The Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS.
The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057, and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.